Well, here we go down the home stretch of the Big 12 football season, and still half the conference is in the mix. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and it's great to be here with you for another week. So this is great. And as we get it rolling, guys, please, before you close out the show, leave us a rating, review, and subscribe. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies yes we've got koozies to keep your beer cans cold or your soda cans cold whatever your preference is and depending on your age all right uh, don't drink under 21 please so please leave us that rating review subscribe and we've got free koozies coming your way just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to pete mundo m-u-n-d-o at heartlandcollegesports.com appreciate that guys the big 12 has played six of its nine conference games And we are two-thirds of the way through the season, and half of the conference is still in the mix for a conference title. You can literally say half the fan bases in this conference have reason to believe that their team can win a conference title. Who else in America can say that? I mean, yes, the Big Ten can say that about, you know, five-ish teams, maybe six, but they've only played two or three conference games, and they've got 14 teams in the conference. The SEC, you can really make it about uh, four, maybe. Uh, Alabama, A&M, Florida, Georgia is kind of it. Maybe Auburn. But either way, you got 14 teams in there, too. It is just so, so good right now in the Big 12 Conference. And I'm not saying it's the best the conference has ever been from having college football playoff or national championship contenders. It's not. But in terms of just having a fun year, and why not have this COVID year be that fun, crazy year, right? Like, if there's ever a year where you're just like, screw it, I just want to be entertained. I don't know if we're going to make a college football playoff, but I just want to be entertained. This is the year for you in the Big 12 Conference. This past weekend, you had two, well, three wildly entertaining games. Texas, West Virginia, Neil Brown should have kicked that damn field goal early in the fourth quarter. I was screaming for it then. I'm screaming for it now. Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Of course, Kansas State uh, chasing points in the first half, going for the two-point conversion instead of kicking the extra point. And that game could have gone to overtime because then they had to go for two at the end of the fourth quarter, which, of course, they did not get. And then Iowa State coming from 14 down to beat Baylor, 38-31. Just every week, you know, you've got reason to believe that, boy, it's going to be a heck of a heck of a week in the Big 12 Conference. And that's what makes this so exciting right now. And here we are. We're going into the middle of November, and this conference is wide open, and none of the teams in the mix are playing this week. Just interestingly enough, the bottom four teams in the conference just happen to be playing each other this weekend with TCU and West Virginia and then Baylor and Texas Tech. So you are going to be sitting here on Saturday, November 21st. It's going to be the weekend before Thanksgiving, and the Big 12 Conference is going to have half of the conference thinking that they can win a conference championship. That is something, you know, I'd have to go back and look, but that is something that has got to be unheard of. I know the season started late, so everything's pushed back a week. There's more bye weeks, of course, than usual with a couple of buys built in. So I understand it's not a perfect comparison, but still to be sitting there in weekend games before Thanksgiving, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and half of the conference is like, yeah, I can win a big 12 title. That is pretty damn fun. And next week is when it all goes down. 
because we basically got elimination games in Farmageddon, Kansas State and Iowa State taking each other on. And then you've got Bedlam at night with the 630 game on ABC, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And also that's an elimination game for the Big 12 title. So basically starting next weekend, and actually it started last weekend because in many ways, Texas, West Virginia was an elimination game for the Big 12 title. West Virginia fell to three and three in the conference. Texas improved to four and two. Had it been reversed, Texas would be out of the picture and West Virginia would still be in the mix. But next weekend, you've got Farmageddon, which it is great that that game is in the three o'clock slot on Big Fox. I, I, I thought for sure they might try to slip that in, you know, like an 11 o'clock kick. Let's get us something decent at 11, but save the mid-afternoon stuff for the Big Ten and uh, the SEC and whatnot. But no, Farmageddon is always fun, by the way. Always fun. But next week, it's got a little extra juice for obvious reasons. The loser of that game is out of the Big 12 title picture. It is up in Ames, and we know that, that you know, Kansas State obviously has uh, surprised in this game. Is that fair to say? Is that fair to say, especially going back to last year? I think so. I think we can say that, at least by some people's estimations. But Matt Campbell has had issues with really two teams, Iowa and Kansas State. He's beaten Kansas State once, and it was two years ago, 42-38. to 38. But last year, I didn't see that 10-point loss uh, coming last year for Iowa State in that game. I didn't. I know K-State fans are going to be like, well, you should have. Well, okay, but I didn't. So you've got a situation right now where this is kind of like the calm before the storm this weekend, right? This weekend is all about just making a pick, making a wager, having some fun, and then rolling through it that way with Baylor, Texas Tech, and TCU West Virginia. Like, I'm not dying on pins and needles to watch these games. I'm curious to see what happens for various reasons. Like, TCU West Virginia is interesting. Uh, both these teams, solid defenses, trying to figure out the offense, who can get ahead. It's in Morgantown. Baylor, TCU, that's basically a battle between who's going to be the second-worst team in uh, the Big 12 this year. And they both have reasons to believe that they can win that game. To me, that game is much more important, by the way, to Texas Tech than it is to Baylor. Dave Aranda's in his first year. So he's kind of getting a pass. It's COVID. It's a strange season. He's got a lot of injuries. But Matt Wells in year two, if he can't beat Baylor and falls to one and six in the conference, and then he's got to play Oklahoma State and Kansas, uh, to go two and seven in year two, he's not going anywhere. Like, Matt Wells is not going to get fired. But at the same time, you got to be scratching your head a little bit and being like, did we get the right guy here or not? Like, what? And the recruiting is is apparently pretty decent still. But you got to be wondering whether or not you've got the right guy in your hands if you go 2-7 and seven in conference play in year two. Not that I thought he was going to turn things around and be 7-2 and two in year two, but I certainly didn't think he'd be having to go 2-7 and seven in year two. It's a bad, bad look, but that just shows you the depth of this conference. It really is that good, and this year is just, it's so much fun. I know some of you might not agree because, you know, you're a Sooners fan and your team's not going to go to the college football playoff, most likely. Uh, you know, you're a Texas fan and you're like, geez, two weeks ago I was going to fire Tom Herman. Now he wins two straight. What do I do? Um, you know, you're a Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State guy, and you're saying, geez, of course, Mike Gundy just can't, can't win the big game when he needs it, even when he's got 20 returning starters. And, heck, even Iowa State fans got to be like, geez, we had to come back by 14 uh, down to beat Baylor? Uh, what's going on there? 
So every team that's in the mix, and then, of course, Kansas State as well, every team that's in the mix has a reason to believe that they can win the conference title, but they also have a reason to believe that, well, you know, maybe things aren't going to go our way this year. Like, there's a drawback for every one of these teams right now. For Iowa State, consistency. For Oklahoma State, it's the offense, notably the quarterback situation and the passing game with Spencer Sanders. At Kansas State, it's the youth. At Oklahoma, I would say it's also the youth and the uh, mild inconsistency, although they've gotten rid of that the last couple of weeks. At Texas, it's just Texas being Texas. The talent is there, but is everything else there? Is it there between the ears on a week-to-week basis? It's the same stuff that's been plaguing Texas for a decade now. Like, it's really nothing new, you know? It's not like, well, you know, we don't have enough five-star guys in the secondary. You got plenty. You know, you have them all over the field. You just got to put it together. And that's where, you know, you look at this and you say to yourself, these next two weeks, it's going to be a blast. It is just going to be so, so much fun to follow this conference moving forward. I, I, I can't wait. And if you are a Big 12 fan, just enjoy the ride, you know, because it's entirely possible next year, especially with all these young guys at Oklahoma coming back, Spencer Rattler in year two, they're going to be the overwhelming favorites in this conference. That's why I said from day one, if you're going to get OU this year, you got to pick them off early in the season with the youth, the suspensions, Ronnie Perkins, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, everything else. Next year, OU probably goes back to being a heavy favorite to win this conference and make the college football playoff. So just enjoy this. If you're an Iowa State fan, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, if you're a K-State fan, if you're a Texas fan, I'm not, and I'm not sitting here and saying that, oh, you got no shot. But just let's be honest, this is the year. If you're going to pick it off and pull it off and stop that streak of Sooners Big 12 titles, this is the year that you are going to accomplish that and that you are going to get it done. That's my major point here as we get it rolling this week. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Coming up next, uh, let's get to our power rankings for this week in the conference. We do it every week. So that is coming your way next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And as we get to our power rankings here on the show, I want to remind you about a very important uh, partner of ours at Heartland College Sports, and that is MyBookie. They're at MyBookie.com. And throughout the rest of the Big 12 football season, they're giving you a 100% sign-up bonus with the promo code BIG12. If you want to bet this weekend's games, Baylor, Texas Tech, West Virginia, TCU, I feel good about my picks, by the way. I'll get to them later in the, uh, later in the show. Go to mybookie.com, deposit whatever you want to deposit, use the promo code BIG12, BIG12, and you double your money right out of the gates. They give you whatever your deposit is, they give it to you in free play money. You don't need to, like, unlock it. It's not like, make five bets, and then you get your – no, 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 no. It's just there, all right? No BS. We've got people that do it every single week. So mybookie.com promo code big12, big12 for that 100% sign-up bonus. They're a huge partner for us, guys, and that helps us grow the show. So thanks so much, and really appreciate you checking them out. Well, it's that time of the week when we like to do our power rankings here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 
digital media outlet. It's great to be with you on another, another busy week of Big 12 football. All right, let's get into it with our power rankings. And at the top of the food chain, I've got no reason whatsoever to move off. The Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, it was Kansas, but guess what? They hammered them. Hammered them. 62 to 9. I mean, are you kidding me with how ugly that thing got? So they're going into the bye week, and they have got to be feeling good about things, by the way. And that's why it's going to be tough for anybody in this conference to make a college football playoff run. At this point, it's really only Oklahoma or Oklahoma State that could possibly do it. But I understand why the odds makers have given the Sooners the best odds to still make the playoff. All right, first off, they're a blue blood program, and if there's anything that we've learned from how the college football playoff operates, just ask TCU and Baylor from year one of this whole thing, this invitational, which is really what we should call it, not a playoff, uh, a brand name matters. Yes, OU has two losses, but this has happened before, not with two losses, but with one where they lose an early season game. Oh, it's not OU's year. They run the table, and then they find themselves in the playoff where they blow it. They've got two losses, but hell, it's a strange year with COVID. We see the amount of games getting canceled this weekend. Alabama, LSU, the most notable. What is going to be happening uh, moving forward with the Pac-12? They're trying to get in six games in six weeks. A lot going on. So if you're going to sit there and say, okay, do we do OU at two losses as a Big 12 champ? Uh, do we do, say, a two-loss SEC team that does not have a conference title? Do we do a 5-0 and USC team, OU is going to have a case to make at that point. OU is going to have a case to make, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, so they're number one in the Big 12 power rankings this week, where they were last week. At number two, I've also got status quo, where I've got the uh, Texas Longhorns. And once again, we do these power rankings on a week-by-week basis. And the Longhorns did what they had to do to get a win. Now, they got a little bit lucky. Neil Brown, instead of kicking a field goal early in the fourth quarter, decided to, of course, go for it on fourth down. That was a mistake in hindsight. But, hey, give Texas credit. Back to the wall the last couple of weeks. And they beat two of the better teams in the conference, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. All right? I mean, Tom Herman, had he lost both those games, could be sitting here this morning out of work. He's not. And this team is still in the hunt for a Big 12 title. All right? I mean, with everything that's gone wrong, think about that. Everything that's gone wrong this year, the Longhorns are in the middle of November and they've got a chance to make a Big 12 championship game. Uh, it's, it's, it's been quite a roller coaster year down in Austin, but I guess that's par for the course. At number three, the Oklahoma State Cowboys up a spot from number four last week. They got out of Manhattan with a win. It wasn't always pretty. Uh, they still are leaving me a lot to be desired, especially on the offensive side, most notably a quarterback. But take the win on the road and run. All right? You got it done. You bet a team that was at the top of the standings in Kansas State, and you got it taken care of. So there you go. At number four, the Iowa State Cyclones. They're up a spot from five last week after scoring 28 unanswered points to beat Baylor in a game that they did not look good in early on, but they got it done. So Iowa State's number four. At five, TCU up one from six last week. Hey, that was an ugly game against Texas Tech, all right? But for the Horn Frogs, they're quietly starting to improve, right, with uh, two straight wins over Baylor and Texas Tech. I know those two teams are 
near the bottom of the Big 12 this year. But either way, you got to win those games. They did. And, uh, you know, they're not the cream of the crop in the conference. They're just not. But they had to get back on track to avoid disaster, and they did just that the last couple of weeks. At number six, I've got West Virginia down from number three last week. A tough loss in Austin. Still love the defense, top five defense in the country. You got to love what they're doing on that side of the ball. The offense is getting better. They were pretty good between the 20s last week. It was the red zone where they had issues against Texas and, of course, didn't kick field goals when they should have and all that good stuff. But, boy, with that defense, it travels. I know it's a cliche, but it really does travel. And the Mountaineers are not going to make a Big 12 championship game. Uh, They're 3-3 and in the conference. That's not going to happen this year. But depending on who comes back next season, next year might be that year where you say, are the Mountaineers a dark horse? Is West Virginia that team in the offseason that we don't talk enough about? Could be the case. Could be. At uh, number seven, Kansas State Wildcats. Last week, I also had them at seven. And, you know, they've lost two in a row after starting off 4-0 in Big 12 play. Last week, obviously, they looked better. uh, But interestingly enough, it might have been Chris Kleiman who cost them that game. Going for the two-point conversion in the first half, which they missed. And then they had to go for two late in the game instead of kicking an extra point for overtime. And that's a tough spot. But give Kansas State this. A lot of freshmen, very young team going up against a veteran Oklahoma State Cowboys group. And after getting smoked by 27 in Morgantown the week earlier, they did not falter. They came back and they put up a hell of a fight against the Cowboys on Saturday. No doubt about that. At number eight, the Baylor Bears. They're up a spot from nine. And I understand this fan base is hurting. I do. I understand why it's hurting. You blow a 14-point lead on the road to Iowa State. You give up 28 straight. It's brutal. The team's now lost four games in a row after beating Kansas in the season opener. But you wonder with Baylor if, like, a young team, new head coach, COVID issues, you can find a lot of bright spots the past couple of weeks, all right? You have the second half against TCU. You've got the first half against uh, Iowa State. There's reasons to be optimistic. I'm not saying this team's going to come storming down the home stretch here, okay? But there's reasons to be optimistic. But you know what hurts him too? Terrell Bernard might be the best linebacker in the Big 12. He is out for the rest of the season, and that one hurts in a big way. At number nine, we're going with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They were eight last week, and they're now one in five in Big 12 play. And this, we wrote about it on heartlandcollegesports.com, but there's got to be a lot of concerns about what this program is doing under Matt Wells. And that's why this week we will uh, talk with Jared Johnson of InsideTheRedRaiders.com to get his perspective on what is happening there in Lubbock. But it's not pretty. I'm not clear on what the offensive identity is. Uh, The defense is still not quite getting it done. So that's where we're at, Texas Tech at number nine. And I'll wrap it up with KU at 10. And I have a feeling that is going to be the permanent place for KU all year you got to get the offensive line going. That does not happen overnight. The young guys are taking big, big lumps, but hopefully building towards something in the future. So there's your power rankings for this week. And let's get to whether or not Matt Wells is finding himself near the top of the hot seat in the Big 12. The latest numbers I saw from Las Vegas had Tom Herman and Matt Wells 1-2 in terms of which head coach was uh, likely to be fired first in the conference. It's probably still Herman just because it's Texas, right? Like, let's be honest. Texas, they find a couple of 
big-time boosters. They'll buy them out in a heartbeat if they need to. Uh, they'll get it done, okay? At Texas Tech, that's not going to happen. Not as likely, not as quickly with a guy like Matt Wells. Now, if you may recall, if you've been listening to the show for a while, two years ago, I was against firing Cliff Kingsbury. I was against it. There's a piece on the website. You can find it November 24th of 2018. And I said, Cliff Kingsbury should not have been fired by Kirby Hocutt and the Red Raiders. They ended up doing that. They hired Matt Wells. And Matt Wells has been on this show. I am rooting for Matt Wells. Seems like a very, very good guy. But no tech fan can sit here today and tell me, like, after a season and a half, you feel like the program is trending in a good direction. There is some reason for optimism based on what they're recruiting and what uh, Matt Wells has coming in next season. But, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is right now in the NFL, lighting it up with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. And while I know Tech fans will scream, well, Cliff Kingsbury hated recruiting. He hated recruiting. And that's why he's not here. He didn't want to recruit. Okay, but this guy also identified Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, identified Patrick Mahomes as a great quarterback. Alan Bowman was off to a great start in his career until Cliff Kingsbury left. And that 2018 season could have turned out so much differently if Bowman didn't get hurt. They were 5-3. and three. They ended up losing the season uh, really the week before that, actually. They lost, what, they went 5-7 and seven that year, and they were 5-2 and two at one point. They lost the four straight at the end of the year. It was ugly. It was very, very ugly for Texas Tech. And if Bowman had been healthy, that season could have been completely different. I don't know what they look like this year with Cliff Kingsbury. And I know he had a very long leash. I understand that. But the way that 2018 season ended and the way that things are going in year two under Matt Wells, all I'm saying is that it makes you wonder, what if? What could have been? What if we hung with Kingsbury? Especially when your hire ended up being a guy from the group of five who had never done it at the power five level. And it's not looking great through year two. But I'm rooting for Matt Wells. I'm very much rooting for him. And I... And pulling for the guy like crazy. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And coming up next, let's get to our picks for this week in the Big 12. All right, well, it's time for our Big 12 picks heading into this week in the conference. And we've only got a couple of games. So let's just set up where we stand right now before we get to those games. Our picks on the year are now 19 and 15. So we are above the 500 mark. We're in a comfortable spot. That's where you want to be uh, when you're picking against the spread. And that's where we're at this year. Of course, only two games on the schedule this weekend. And they are. We'll start off and go in order. West Virginia taking on TCU. That game is in Morgantown. 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday on Big Fox. The Mountaineers are a three-point favorite in this game. And here's a little tidbit for you. The first three Big 12 meetings between TCU and West Virginia, uh, when the two teams came into the conference, 2012 to 2014, were all decided on the game's final play, including two in overtime. TCU won two of them. The Mountaineers won one in 2013. So they had a history of playing some very, very close games, uh, which I think we're going to get again on Saturday. I do. Not quite that close. But I do think we're headed for a couple of 
very, very close games between these two teams. And last year, it was a 20 to 17 margin as well uh, in favor of West Virginia in Fort Worth. So for this game, there's a couple of things that this comes down to uh, for the Mountaineers. The offense has got to get back on track after that loss to Texas last week. And by that, I mean, get it done in the red zone. They had six trips in the red zone, walked away with 13 points. That is inexcusable. Inexcusable. So the Mountaineers have got to trust the offense a little bit. Their home, TCU's banged up and is lacking depth in the secondary. So, yes, you want to get Letty Brown going. But at the same time, why not take a couple of shots? Jarrett Dagey is starting to look a little bit better, more comfortable in the pocket. The wide receivers are not dropping as many passes as they were a few weeks ago. And that's a very good thing. The other advantage for the Mountaineers is that the Horn Frogs offensive line has not been good. They've given up the second most sacks in the Big 12. Gary Patterson has been encouraged by the unit's improvement, but still, it's not been good for the TCU offensive line. And now they're going up against the best, arguably the best. OU fans might uh, bicker about this, but I'll say the best defensive line unit in the conference ranking third in the Big 12 with 21 sacks this year. So when you stack up that battle in the trenches, specifically when TCU's got the ball, the advantage is heavily, heavily in favor of the West Virginia Mountaineers. And the Mountaineers in this game are back home. They always play better at home. All right, we've seen this time and time again with West Virginia. They play better at home. They're 3-0-1 against the spread in Morgantown this year. And against TCU, historically, they are 6-2. and against the spread. So for whatever reason, this team likes playing against the TCU Horn Frogs. They like it. They've got their top five defense in the country coming into this game. And I like the Mountaineers to take care of business with something like a 24-20 win, 21-17 victory, whatever it might be. I like the Mountaineers to cover a close game, a low scoring game, and a three-point spread on Saturday in Morgantown. That's what I like for this game. All right. Then we've also got on Saturday, Texas Tech home taking on the Baylor Bears. And this is basically a battle between who is going to be the second worst team in the Big 12 after Kansas. So that, that's what this is a battle between. Little tidbit for you here that's fun. I didn't know this. Uh, Texas Tech and head coach Matt Wells and Baylor head coach Dave Aranda previously worked together at Utah State back in 2012. Aranda was the Aggies defensive coordinator that season opposite of Wells, who was the offensive coordinator and was of course, eventually promoted to head coach of his alma mater. But there's a little tidbit for you going into this weekend's matchup. And here's the thing about this game. Texas tech is favored by a point and a half and I'm going with Baylor plus one and a half. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I know that they lost Terrell Bernard. That's a big loss. Uh, they also lost Craig Williams, who is their leading rusher on the season. But frankly, I think a lot of that is because they've uh, quasi maybe punished Lovett and Ebner at running back because of the fact that they were going to sit out for the rest of the year. Now they aren't going to sit out the rest of the year. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I do know this. If Charlie Brewer, who has not had a very good season, can just get the ball in the John Lovett and Tristan Ebner's hands on screen plays out of the backfield, let them go to work especially Treston Emner. The guy's got 220 receiving yards on the year. You know, not a lot of reps. Get him on a quick slant. Get him in the flat. These are your playmakers. That's how Charlie Brewer can get more comfortable and he can get rocking and rolling in this offense again. I mean, some people want him to be benched. I don't believe that he should be. 
but he's got to prove me right here. And for Baylor, you know, Baylor has has shown glimpses. Second half against TCU. First half against Iowa State. Now, they lost those games, right? But they've shown glimpses. Now they've got to put it together. And there's never a better time to do it than against Texas Tech this weekend. Texas Tech is all over the place. I don't know what they are on defense, and I don't know what they are on offense. And I know this. Henry Columbi is a nice quarterback, but the fact that they're not giving Alan Bowman a shot, I don't know if that tells me more about Alan Bowman. I don't know if it tells me that Matt Wells just thinks that Columbia is a better fit for the offense, but it has not been a good couple of weeks for that team on either side of the ball. So I think Baylor comes away with a 31-28 win, and I believe they do cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. So in this game, or these games this weekend, I'm going with West Virginia minus three, and Baylor plus one and a half. There you go with my Big 12 picks for this week in the conference. And don't forget, if you want to get in on the picks, mybookie.com, promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.com. And don't forget, leave that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. It helps us tremendously, and that's why we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies in the mail When you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And by the way, guys, if you're not on our free message boards at heartlandcollegesports.com, go sign up. Uh, You'll like it. We've got a lot of good Big 12 conversations going on there, and uh, we give away stuff on the message boards as well. So enjoy uh, enjoy the games, guys. We'll talk to you Sunday for our recap podcast here on heartlandcollegesports.com.